Iranian off weekday mornings at 7 on ESPN Las Vegas, KWWN in Las Vegas. On the Rebel Sports Network from Learfield, live from Bailiwick, inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino, welcome to the Runnin' Rebels Coaches Show, presented by Fenley Toyota. Also brought to you by Boyd Gaming, Be Connected, proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics, and by Fenley Chevrolet. Frankly, we're customer-driven. Now, here are your hosts, John Sandler and Curtis Terry. It is absolutely great to be back here at Bailiwick inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino for another edition of the Runner Rebel Coaches Show. Had to expand the name now that uh, Coach Kruger has been recruiting for a couple of weeks. And we are thrilled and honored to have uh, lead assistant Carlin Hartman with us tonight as uh, we will be talking Runner Rebel basketball, talking about the big win last night up in Fresno that uh, apparently took place place. Curtis and I were able to see a little bit of it from our uh, perch up on the ceiling there inside the arena. I don't know if you followed that or saw any of the pictures on Twitter. It was crazy. But uh, the Rebels did an unbelievable job getting a a win in a really tough ball game and uh, now can turn their attention to Colorado State. And it will be a huge day late afternoon, 5 o'clock tip at the Thomas and Mac on Saturday. The Rebels taking on one of the top teams in the conference, going for the sweep of the Rams and, of course, uh, honoring Runner Rebel great Robert Smith. I'm John Sandler along with Curtis Terry and the aforementioned Carlin Hartman. Coach, appreciate it. Welcome to the broadcast. Oh, thanks for having me. Really appreciate you guys uh, inviting me. Well, absolutely. And uh, we waited until the apt moment that you'd be in a really good mood. And you have to be in a really good mood after, uh, after yesterday. You had the scout. I know that uh, the first time the Runner Rebels took on Fresno State, it was frustrating because uh, the team uh, made a great comeback, just didn't play well early. But last night, got off to a bit of a slow start, came roaring back, and it was just an absolute rock fight battle down to the wire, and the Runner Rebels got it done. Yeah, and um, just you know, talking to Curtis here on the side, it was good to see us be able to play a, a game like that in which you know, um, there wasn't a whole lot of possessions in the game, and to be able to you know, grind out a win, and whereas you know, every possession mattered, um, you know, taking care of the basketball, uh, getting good shots up, you know, executing our offense, and then getting timely stops. It was really good to see our guys push through and, 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 and come through with a victory. We're going to talk a lot about the various aspects of the game uh, and, and what took place in the basketball game, but I, I know uh, from sort of a, a, a high level, um, you putting that scouting report and that plan into place, that's something that assistant coaches, you know, it's your responsibility. You take a lot of pride in that. And you feel some pressure, and, and uh, if it works out, it, it, it's kind of doubly good. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, I think a lot of times when you um, watch a team as many times as you do when you're, when you're putting together a scout, you're obviously you know, seeing certain things in which they do well, strengths and weaknesses and so forth. And then, you know, Kevin and I, we do a lot of talking, and our staff, we do a lot of talking. Um, and being able to go through it the first time with uh, Fresno State, um, we felt like we left a lot of possessions out there. Uh, on both ends of the floor, we weren't as physical with Robinson as we needed to be early on. He caught it in, you know, some comfort areas on the floor, um, and then offensively, we weren't as sharp in the in the first game uh, that we would have liked to have been. But you know, the credit really, you know, goes to the players. Um, us as coaches, we put together a, as detailed of a plan as possible, but the players 
have to go out and execute. Two of them here yep. uh, today, Mike Nuga and Justin Webster, you know, contributed mightily, you know, to that game. You know, Mike had six big rebounds, made a couple key baskets um, in the first half when our offense was it was stymied. Justin, you know, does what he does. He he had five points in in in, in two or three possessions, uh, a three pointer and a drive to the basket. Um, the the three pointer put us up by a point, and a drive to the basket put us up by I think uh, uh, three Four or five, five points, yeah. if I'm not mistaken. So, you know, we're talking about two veteran guys that you know are you know foundational pieces to what we're building here, and it, the players are the ones that you know execute the scout. We as coaches are the ones that just watch it ton of film and and i will say this the last thing we actually um we didn't do paper scouts like we normally do this time around um after our boise game coach kruger said okay you guys are responsible for knowing personnel you guys are responsible for it so a credit to these guys again they knew everyone's tendencies you know on that fresno state team and we did a great job um you know, holding him to only 57 points. Absolutely. 60 to 57 was the final. You mentioned Orlando Robinson, uh, just a, a, a terrific player. Uh, Vegas kid who, who went to Fresno State, always gets up big for the Runner Rebels, has had big games against the Runner Rebels until last night. Yeah. And uh, he, he got off to a great start, scored four of their first six points, mm-hmm. uh, made it look pretty easy. Mm-hmm. But something changed, and Royce Ham Jr. kind of got into him a little bit and yeah. decided that's it. Yeah, it was a combination of Royce, David, Vic, you know, throwing different bodies at him. I'll give Mike at the end of the game, uh, when we got back in the locker room, you know, for our victory celebration, Mike Nugas shouts out, shout out to Chekna Dembale for doing a great job of emulating uh, Robinson. And everybody just kind of looked at Chek and they went over and gave him a big hug because really we probably have the best uh, scout center in the country in Chekna. <laughs> And if you guys have ever seen Chekna in person, he's, you know, massive. A large human, human being. Yeah, he's 6'9", <laughs> all of 260 pounds, and with a probably 1% or 2% body fat, which I Not haven't me. had in a long time. <laughs> me neither. Uh, so Chek did an unbelievable job of, of being Robinson, and quite frankly, Chekna is so much stronger than Robinson that when they were going against him the last two days of preparation, when, when they got into the game against Robinson, no disrespect to that young man, but it was almost kind of like a paperweight yeah. versus like what they were dealing with with, with Czech. So, uh, yeah, no, credit to the guys uh, again. They really fought Robinson. Um, three of 14 from the field last night, uh, fouled out. And in the two games we played against him, and I give our guys credit, he was 10 for 32 from the field. So he wasn't able to catch it in the comfort areas that he liked. Yeah, it was, it was a great defensive effort on him and, and really overall by the Runner Rebels. Curtis, you know how tough it is to win up there. You know how tough it is uh, certainly to, to, to win on the road in the Mountain West Conference, uh, especially this year where there are no nights off in this conference. That was a big win for the Runner Rebels for a lot of reasons. Yeah, conference plays, it's hard to come by wins in general. I mean, whether at home or on the road, um, and, and the boys have been battling throughout, throughout the season. And I'm just glad, like Coach said, that you're able to see them go to Fresno um, in a place that's it's a tough environment, not because of the fans, but because of there's the lack thereof. Um, and so to be able to go there and, and just manufacture your own energy, um, your own excitement to go out there and play a good game against a team that, that you feel like you let one slip away when you played them in January here in Vegas, 
Uh, the boys went out there and got a hard-fought win. It wasn't pretty. Um, early in the game, it was from where we were sitting way up top in the skybox. It looked like it was going to get even uglier, but maybe we just couldn't see it clearly. We were above the um, skybox. But, uh, <laughs> but, no, the, the boys battled, and, and I think that's the biggest thing. They continued to find a way to stick in it. And for Coach to say that they didn't do a paper scout, they made the players take the responsibility to do it. That scares me because that can either go one of two ways, right? That could be really, really good like last night or it could be really, really bad. Uh, but I think the fact that you've got a veteran group of guys that have played in college before um, and they've grown together as a cohesive group over the course of the season, it just shows the things that they can accomplish. And so it's, it's a good win. Um, it feels good to be able to get that one in the way they did in terms of just nullifying Orlando Robinson. But now we've got to turn the page because you've got a big one coming again on Saturday. Absolutely right. And, uh, you know, you, you mentioned veteran guys and getting it done. We talked about Royce on the defensive end. He also helped him on the offensive end. Here's the second of two big threes early. Rice comes right out top to Ham, open for another three, and he hit another three. And the Rebels all of a sudden heating up from long range. The Rebels mounting that comeback as they fell behind 25-12 to 12 in the game. That got them back within four. That made it 25-21 and, uh, and really got them going. And Royce's ability to knock down one or two threes a game, and he seems to do it early in games, uh, it, it's such a huge help. You and I have talked about the, the importance of having a guy with size who can step away from the basket, whether you know some teams have it, some teams don't. Mm-hmm. The Rebels able to have it just allows so much more flexibility for guys like Mike or Justin or Bryce Hamilton. Those, those threes that Roy said kind of stemmed the tide for us and it really got us back to a point where, um, like uh, 25 to 12, I didn't even realize it was yeah, that much. It was. Um, well. <laughs> so credit to Royce. <laughs> um, and I think I, I think we hit three straight threes, if I'm not mistaken. I think yeah. Royce hit back-to-back, and then Bryce hit one. Yep. Then we got a couple other baskets, uh, 16 nothing run, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. So, um, it, you know, Royce is one of those guys that obviously everybody sees the rebounding and, you know, the energy that he provides on the defensive end of the floor. He's really – his offense has really started to come on. He's – we don't mind him taking those threes. Now, now early in the year, you know, everybody – Including these two guys, they you know we were all taking you know tough shots, you know, and our offense just kind of wasn't you know where it needed to be, and it you know kept on compromising our defense because we were taking these shots where it was just kind of like surprise shots, um, but as we've gone on and we put more parameters in place um, in terms of the types of shots that we want and within the flow of our offense. That's why everyone's percentages have gone up. You can see Justin and Mike's percentages have gone up steadily. They're taking the right shots at the right time. Uh, Royce takes the right ones at the right time. Normally, it's not after one pass. It's you know after um, you know hitting the second or third side of the floor, and then he lets one go. You know once we get the defense moving. So no, I, we have total confidence in, be, in him being able to make those shots. Um, you know for us on, on was it Friday night against Boise? Yeah, he hit one in the corner. Yeah. And he had another one that was wide open and it hit the back of the rim. Uh, and no one better than I on the coaching staff. We were very comfortable with him taking those shots. Yeah, we were talking about during the broadcast. He always gets one and it seems to come early. And, and then, you know, then the possibility of adding to yeah, it. Yeah. And he hit, hit the two big ones last night. Another guy who had a tremendous game, you already mentioned, David Mooka, yeah. uh, uh, presenting a different kind of defensive uh, obstacle for Robinson down low. But David has turned it on on the offensive end and. Uh, had a tremendous play last night. Mike across to Hamilton. Hamilton drives. Hamilton floater in the lane. That guy are no good. David is there for the slam dunk. David came flying in from the weak side and threw it down. And uh, I think I think Mike Nuga might object to that being a slam dunk. We talked about it on the way out of the arena last night, and he said that he's not really sure if that was a dunk or not. Right? 
from 650,000 feet away, yeah, it was a slam dunk. <laughs> I'll give you that one. <laughs> There's no doubt. But, David, I mean, talk about, I mean, no question, the most improved player on the team, and the sky is the limit oh, yeah. for this kid. Yeah, no, he's, well, he's taking enough hell from me every day in practice. <laughs> You know, yelling at him to grab the ball with two hands or be in the stance or get your hands up. I don't think he realizes that he's 6'10 and with, a, you know, a, almost a 7-foot wingspan. You know, when he just raises his hands up, it's really hard to be able to shoot over. Robinson actually got a shot off in the second half. He thought he was wide open. David comes over yep, and blocks, blocks it. it yep. And, you know, we end up getting a three-point play out of it on the other end. Uh, he's come uh, light years ahead of where he was at the beginning of the year. Um, he's really... He's come in to work every single day. He's got a good attitude. He does take coaching well. Um, he takes harsh coaching well. He takes you know positive coaching well. He he just says he's a pleaser and he wants to be good. And we're really proud of you know the contributions that he's made. And he's had some of his best games you know on the road. And yeah. he played great at Colorado State. Yep. Uh, and he played really well last night. And like you said, he only took the one shot, which was the, the tip dunk. But he had eight rebounds. Uh, I think two or three blocks. He changes shots. He's He's, he's starting to be in the right place at the right time. He's starting and, to be a presence out there. And he's starting to be, exactly, he's starting to be a presence. And he's starting to be a guy that you can rely on, you know, to throw out there and, and, and make uh, key contributions. Well, it was a tremendous win. Uh, the Rebels getting the win. We'll hear more highlights later when we get uh, Mike and, and Justin up here. But uh, I, wa- I wanted to turn and, and talk about you a little bit and talk about your path and, and how you've gotten to UNLV and, and uh, what your kind of hopes and dreams are now that you're a member of the staff here. So walk us through, if you will, your, your kind of your basketball life and, uh, no. and, and how you got to UNLV. 22 years in the making, I guess. Uh, yeah, this is year number 22. Um, career started at Rice University. I played at Tulane, um, originally from Buffalo, New York. Me and Mike are around the same area. He's from Toronto. Yeah. Buffalo and Toronto, 90 miles apart. Played at Tulane, um, played a couple years in the uh, – CBA, which is now the G League, uh, got injured. Fortunately, had my degree, got into coaching, started my career at Rice um, in the 97-98 season when UNLV was still in the old WAC. So it was a 16-team league back then. Right. Uh, we were in the Eastern Division of the WAC, and UNLV and Wyoming, Hawaii, uh, San Diego State. Nobody all... remembers those days fondly, <laughs> trust me. <laughs> um, so that was my first foray into coaching, and I had three different stints at Rice. Uh, I was a coach at the uh, uh, University of Richmond, James Madison University, Columbia, and uh, Oklahoma over these last uh, five years before coming to Vegas um, after Coach Kruger retired um, this past spring. And so it's been a, quite a journey, and it's been a journey in which you know I've really enjoyed um, all the different stops for various reasons, all different players that we coach. And along the journey has been my uh, my beautiful and lovely wife, Christine, who's here. Hi, Christine. Who's uh, my rock, and you know, uh, thank God for her and her patience and dealing with uh, my career and uh, the all the wins and losses and everything in which uh, she deals with uh, being a coach's wife. So she doesn't take harsh coaching well, though. No, she's she, <laughs> she's. Uh, I'll, I'll steal a line from one of my old bosses, Kyle Smith, who's now the head coach at Washington State. She's my better three fourths, not better three halves. There so, you go. There you uh, go. So. Thank, thank God for her. <laughs> you've, you've come to Las Vegas. I know you are a, a, a bit of a basketball historian. You have been an admirer and an observer of the Runner Rebel program. Mm-hmm. And I know that getting this program 
back to national prominence yeah. is a priority, yeah. not just for the whole staff, but for you individually. Yeah, I remember just when growing up um, in Buffalo, I, I grew up a Syracuse fan, but one B was UNLV, literally. And I remember watching games, Big Monday uh, in the Big West, uh, UNLV always had the spotlight game for the most part. Uh, it would either be against UC Santa Barbara when they would score and throw the, the confetti the, the out, confetti yeah, out yeah, and yeah. so forth, or uh, a big game against Long Beach State. Um, the old PCA. Yep, yep, and also the, those games in the non-conference, one versus two, UNLV, Arkansas. Yep. I, I remember all those teams and, and all those players and always aspired to be, you know, um, uh, a runner rebel. Um, I wasn't quite good enough, uh, so I went another direction. But uh, being able to watch those games, uh, being able to watch those teams, being able to see the excitement in the crowd, um, and when this opportunity came about, and after Coach retired, Kevin and I had a long conversation. We had some other options of places that we could have possibly gone. Um, but everything just kind of kept on pointing to Las Vegas and UNLV. A lot of it was because, you know, Lon and Kevin, that's all they talked about when we were in Norman. You know, we'd be in the office and they'd talk about how great Las Vegas was and how great their time was at UNLV. So um, it was uh, not that hard of a decision once we uh, finally uh, came to terms. And, you know, it's been a blessing to be here. And I'm looking forward to really getting this thing back to where it should be at a national level. And I think we're, uh, we're, we're trending in the right direction. Uh, there's no doubt about it. Curtis, you and I have been talking about it, how, how impressed we are. Curtis the, is choked up. Yeah, with the, with the job. So emotional. <laughs> with the job that this staff has done in such a short period of time, changing the narrative, just changing, beginning to change the culture. That doesn't happen overnight. But, but changing the, the overall feel in the community about this program. And, and you can sense uh, some excitement building. Uh, as we look toward not only the rest, you know, not only Saturday, the rest of this year and the future. Yeah, I think regardless of, of what your plan is, when you, and again, I've never, never coached, never taken over a program, but from the outside, we've seen multiple coaches come through here over the last decade. But in terms of from the outside, when you take over a program, regardless of what you do on the court, I don't think if you don't have a plan to engage with the people in the community and submerge yourself and to what they're doing and who they are who they are and what they're about it's not going to matter what you do on the court because you're never going to have them behind you and on your side and I think Kevin obviously understands that in terms of playing here um, playing for his dad um, and you obviously coached with coach Kruger in Oklahoma and I think they did that's the same thing that he did when he first went to Norman years ago was become a part of the community so that way you know what they're about you know what motivates them what drives them and I think Kevin did that from day one because like you mentioned even when he was back when he was in Flagstaff at NAU, and then when he went to Norman, he would always come back to Vegas, always talk about Vegas and how he loved it. Because, again, who doesn't love Vegas? But I think that's the biggest thing that I see is making yourself a part of the community and then hand-in-hand hand building something together that everybody can be proud of. Because then I think that's when the hard work starts to show. And now it's taken, it's taken effect on the court. And you get these young guys to come in and kind of to buy into it because they've never seen it before. Um, and, and all the credit to the guys that stayed from, from the last year – 
There was only two or three. And yeah. so there's not really much to hang on or try to kind of build pride or a sense of ownership around. And I think that's a big thing that you guys have done as a staff is to get people involved in the community, to get these young men in the community, um, to show them that they're just like everybody else and that they work hard and they're, they're about the results um, and not trying to take shortcuts. And it's really showing. And, again, I wish we could keep these guys for multiple years. Like Mike just said, he wished he could stay longer. Um, but, again, what he's doing now is going to be remembered by these people and the people in this community that support this program. Years down the line, when you guys have success, when we cut down those nets and we're going back to the tournament, it's going to be because of guys like Mike Nuga, guys sure. like Roy Sam, guys that were only here for a year because they're the ones that put in the blood, sweat, and the tears to get this thing back where it needs to be. That's exactly right. I'm glad you mentioned Mike. I mean, Mike's you know had quite the journey, obviously. Um, you know, he's you know grew up in Toronto, family from you know Nigeria. Uh, he, you know, went to prep school in, in Indiana, and then he went to junior college in Florida, and then Portland State, then Kent State, and now he's here. And he bet on 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 us, you know, and that'll never be forgotten. Justin Webster, you know, when he got into the portal, he bet on us as well. And, you know, obviously Mike's time, and we talk about this a lot, Mike's time is, you know, is, is coming up here. You know, he's got five games, six games promised to him. Uh, the five games that we have for the regular season and the one game in the conference tournament. And I think he understands that. He feels that. And he's taking the responsibility to make sure that he's going to go out and make sure every possession and every, every time he steps on the floor, it matters. It matters to him. And so, fortunately, Justin has a couple more years, and he's going to, you know, really be a, a, a staple and you know, with this program. But, you know, for guys like you said, Mike and, 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 and Royce Ham, you know, those guys, we want to make sure they have opportunity to go out on top and, and make, uh, you know, the fans of UNLV and Las Vegas, you know, that are true diehard Rebel fans proud. You know, and obviously someone like yourself as well, because you you feel it, you you've you've bled and you sweat, you know, on the court, and you've won championships. You know, you've been to the Sweet 16, and and you know we want to make you know players like yourself and the ones that are. Evacuation. Your vision and, and Kevin's vision and, you know, the, the, the staff as you look forward sort of down the road. Mm. Um, you're off to a tremendous start in, in, in your very first year in doing all the things that need to be done to begin to move the mountain that is the Runner Rebel basketball program headed in the right direction. But give us a sense of your vision of, of what the future is going to hold so the fans can understand. I think, you know, when, in coming here, in early April when we decided we were going to do this, I think I had an idea that this, that UNLV is not a rebuild type of a program. It's, it's not a program in which you can, you know, have a two or three year window where, Oh, you're just trying to, you know, get it. No, no. Like, no, we need to win like right now, you know? And if winning this year means that, you know, it's a top half finish, we have a winning record and we're considered, you know, if we hey, say if we say if we get on a hot streak here, and we win the rest of our games, now are we all of a sudden, you know, considered an at-large bubble team? Um, are we, you know, looked at in a national light as you know a team that has won, you know, so many, you know, quad one games? You know, we didn't come here with the idea that you know we were just gonna, 
you know, lace them up and see how it goes. Easy we wanted yeah. to, we want to win right now. And we have a plan in place to win again next year, you know, and whatever that looks like, it, it's, it's going to be, you know, pretty sweet in our opinion. You know, we're going to, you know, have an eye, we're going to have a foundation with a lot of the guys coming back, Justin and Victor Iwakor, um, David Milwaukee, you know, guys that have, you know, three years of eligibility mm-hmm. still remaining. You know, there will be a foundation in place, and then you add a, a Kai Lindsey, you know, a top 100 player to that mix, and, you know, so many other uh, players in which we're recruiting right now that we don't even know are, who are going to be future Rebels. But if we're choosing those guys, we know that they can play basketball here, you know, at this level. So we, we, we're really comfortable about where we are right now. We have security about ourselves as, as a staff, and we have uh, total belief in the players in which – we're coaching right now and the players in which we will recruit to this program because we're going to be very selective in terms of who we choose, you know, to represent the scarlet and gray when we offer them scholarship. Well, I think that's incredibly well put, and I think the fans should be very excited and confident and encouraged by that. We appreciate you joining us. Uh, you brought two co-stars with you. We're going to bring one of them up. We're going to bring Justin up. Uh, we're going to bring Justin up first. Mike, Thank you're goodness. still chewing. Justin's on his phone, so Good. we're going to bring Justin. They're way more first. important to me. Enjoy those guys. And uh, but Coach Hartman, appreciate it very much. Thank you. Folks, if you get a chance to go to practice, you'll enjoy watching this man work. Let's just put it that way. Watch the players, not me. <laughs> he does a great job. <laughs> we're going to take a break. Fans, remember that EOS is a better gym, better price. EOS Fitness, proud partner of UNLV Athletics. Justin Webster will come up next and join us. You're listening to the Runner Rebel Coaches Show from Bailiwick, inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. All right, we are back here at Bailiwick inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino talking runner-rebel basketball. Runner-rebel's coming off a big win over Fresno State last night, 60-57, to and getting ready to take on Colorado State. As you know, the Rams will be looking for revenge. Rebels went up there and took care of the number 22-ranked team in the country up in Fort Collins, and now we'll entertain them at the Thomas & Mack tomorrow, or uh, Saturday night, or Saturday late afternoon, I should say, 5 o'clock. We'll be on the air at 4.30 Runner Rebel warm-up, a lot of promotions, big free Taco Bell out front, tailgate, and giving away stuff, and university presidents shooting T-shirts in the crowd, but most importantly, honoring Robert Smith, the Runner Rebel great, all-time great point guard for the Runner Rebels, will be honored uh, at that game. Please make your plans to come on out. John Sandler, Curtis Terry, Steve Cofield joins us now, and Justin Webster, by way of Dallas and Hawaii and other points. J-Dub, big part of the Rebel win last night. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate it. Uh, How's uh, UNLV treating you so far? Uh, It's great. Um, I love everything about uh, Las Vegas. I love everything about UNLV. Um, You know, they're building a great culture here and something I'm willing to be a part of for a long time. You know, we we watched you. You know, we saw your numbers at Hawaii, uh, you know, seen you play uh, at double-digit score last year for the University of Hawaii. But the transition into the Mountain West and into this level of competition ha- has been a challenge. It's a very good league, and the competition's tough. And I know anybody coming into a new situation, there's going to be an adjustment period. Yes, sir. You know, Mountain West is very tough, a lot harder than what I thought. Um, you know, at Hawaii, I was kind of, you know, the guy that um, they relied on to score the basketball, you know, do a lot of things. You know, here, coaches rely on me to play defense, you know, take open shots, make open shots, you know, try to get my teammates involved, do everything it takes to win. And, um, you know, um, early on, I struggled, but now I'm starting to find my groove a little bit, starting to get more comfortable, and now it's um, starting to take off. So um, just hoping we can put those into uh, some wins down here.
pitch and, um, you know, get that at-large bid. Well, we'll see what happens, but open shots uh, have been, uh, they've been tough to come by. One of the things that you are so good at is that quick trigger. Here's an example from last night. Over to Webster, catch and shoot three for the right side is good. Boy, Justin Webster bailing the Rebels out there. Toward the end of the shot clock, late, and that quick release. Uh, when you have your feet set, it is, uh, is going to go in. Oh, yeah, most definitely. Um, that's one thing, you know, the coaches emphasize with me. They tell me, um, you know, as long as I have my feet set, you know, everything else takes, takes, takes care of itself. So, um, you know, I try to keep that in mind. Every time I catch the basketball, I have my feet set, be ready to shoot, and uh, hopefully I knock it down. You know, John talked about adjusting to the Mountain West Conference. You were also hamstrung a bit by what was going on around the holidays, right? And we had talked to, I don't know, a week after the, the holidays, and you weren't feeling well. So now you're trying to overcome this challenge, and you're not right. Right. Right, yeah, it was definitely a struggle, especially going into Christmas break. Um, I came down with what I think is the flu. Um, we couldn't really figure it out, but, um, you know, I was really, really down bad, as my teammates would say. But, um, you know, I was able to fight through it. I was able to get back, you know, get my conditioning back up and, um, you know, find my rhythm. Well, and, and you, you certainly did that, and you, you have done it. One of the other things we have seen of late from you is the ability to put the ball on the floor and get to the rim. And it, it, that's a, a skill, Curtis, you and I, we, we've talked about it, a bit of a surprise, because we you know, we, we know just, Justin as a, as a spot-up three-point shooter primarily. Um, but, uh, you know, last night, for example, let's hear the highlight as he got to the rack. Bryce reverses the ball to Webster. Webster puts it on the floor. Webster underneath, puts it up with the left hand, and it rolls in. What a drive by Justin Webster, and he rolls that in over Big Braxton Mia. Yeah, that, that big kid from Fresno, he's, he's 7-1, and he almost reached up to where we were sitting when he went to block <laughs> that shot, and you got it high off the glass and in. That was impressive. Yes, sir. You know, it's just, you know, trying to find my rhythm within the game. You know, don't do, don't do you know, too much within the game. Um, just, you know, pick and choose my spots and just try to, make the, try to make the most of it. So I saw a lane and was able to get there quick enough before he was able to get there. Are you starting to notice in the scout people charging at you maybe a little too hard? Yes, sir. Um, you know, on the scout, as you know, the coaches always say is, you know, I'm I'm labeled as a shooter. I'm labeled as a big time shooter. They know um, if I catch the ball, that I have enough space to catch and shoot. I will knock down shots. So, um, you know, just realizing those uh, those long closeouts and being able to attack uh, off the hip and get downhill and you know get to the get to the basket or shoot my little floater. So, it's been good. Curtis, you like to shoot the three. How often did you? How often did you pump yeah. and go? As need be. Okay. Like you said, I'm, I'm, I'm going to let it fly if I'm, if I'm open, even if I'm not open. If I catch the ball and I can see the, the basket. John's saying degree. one time in your career. I don't think that's accurate. Come on, John. <laughs> Back and watch the film. I got it all the DVDs, man. Um, but, no, and, and like John said, I didn't, think you're not, I didn't think you couldn't drive the basketball. Let's right, set right. the record straight. Right, I know right, you right. can. But can you talk about the terms of being a good shooter? And like you said, people are going to run you off the line. But what does that allow you to do in terms of taking advantage of their over-aggressiveness? Um, it allows me to, you know, it opens up so many things for, you know, Bryce, Mike, um, Jordan McCabe. It opens up everything. So being able to, to realize those long close, closeouts and get downhill and either get to my floater or either, you know, get all the way to the basket or find Mike or Jordan or be him spotting up, it opens up everything. So um, one thing that I can take away from it. And then once you knock down that first one, if you, take, if you hop in the game and you hit your first one, then they're kind of in trouble. But – Talk to me about in terms of playing for Coach Kruger, in terms of him, him allowing you guys to say, hey, if you're open, let it fly. Because we all know Coach Kevin Kruger was one that didn't turn down any shots Not at, at all, all. Not ever. At all. So talk about, talk about being able to have the green light from Coach Kruger's standpoint. 
Um, it's great. You know, he always tells me, you know, if, I, if I'm open, shoot it. You know, take the open shot. So, you know, it's good words coming from him because I know he was a knockdown shooter. I know how many shots he would take. So um, just hearing that from him is just like, you know, as long as I'm open, I'm taking it. So, uh, <clears throat> You know, there were times when Curtis and Kevin were on the floor at the same time. Yeah. <laughs> um, that, that represented a, a – let's just say at that point they were resource challenged in terms <laughs> of the number of basketballs required to, to fit the needs of those two people. But, yes, Kevin liked to shoot. Curtis very much liked to shoot, and they both did a great job of doing so. Um, I want to talk a little bit about the adjustment, and, and you did get off to a slow start this year. Mm-hmm. You had a good game in Dallas in front of fans and yep. friends and family, which was great to see. Yep. But, but it has taken a while, and you know, health has been an issue as well. Um, but what has been the key, other than getting healthy, to you getting comfortable and, and, and starting to feel as if you're really part of this program, part of this team? Uh, it's just being confident in myself, knowing what I'm capable of doing. Um, I can't remember what game it was, but Coach Buck, um, you know, he sat me down and he told me, he was like, look, you have to believe in yourself. We all, as a coaching staff here, believe in you. Um, you, have to con- you have to have the confidence to come out here and show these people that you're a player because you're capable of doing all the things that we know that you're capable of doing. So um, just hearing those words and, um, you know, just telling myself that I have to be confident, come out here and play as hard as I can, you know, regardless of how many minutes I'm going to play, just go out there and lay down the line. It's really been um, what's helped me throughout this last stretch. What's been the biggest challenge defensively? Uh, man, that's a great question. Uh, it's realizing how bigger and, sh- bigger and stronger these guys are. You know, Big West, I'm going against a lot of the guys my size here. Guards are a lot quicker, a lot bigger, you know, can play above the rim for sure. So it's just knowing who I'm guarding, knowing um, their tendencies, what can, I, what can I take away from them. It's just being a smarter defender. Yeah, you were, you were guarding a guy last night in the post, Holland, who basically had you for lunch. I mean, that's a big, right. big Was that point. a flop, or did, you, did he actually knock you over? No, nah, that, one, that one was a flop. That one was oh, a flop. Okay. He didn't. All right. the, the, I should have. No, no, no. Give no, no, because no, I, I was talking to Coach Hartman. The one that they called me that they called a foul on me for, I should have took. That's the charge I should have took. The other one, he barely touched me, and I failed. So, you know, it is what I was trying to get away with one, but, you know, it is what it is. A- acting is not in the future, then, as of yet. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not you got to try again. You got to try again. Um, and that is a challenge, going against guys like that consistently. And you saw it. You're trying to defend them, and you know, you're pushing them a little bit, little bit of hands. You get a foul that way, then you, right. then you start to take a charge. You get a foul that way. So right. it's tough to kind of figure out against these guys who are like 225 right, right, what right. you do. But you, right. are, you guys as a group, because the, the bigs got a little bit thin, you've had to cover big guys. And you can see other, other teams are like, we're going to send these guys down to the post. Right, right, for sure. And it's just, you know, at the end of the day, it's just like Coach Sellers. You know, we have to know who we're guarding. We have to know their tendencies. We have to be able to take away um, things that they're good at. So I know, you know, Coach Buck told me last night to not even let him catch it in the post. So I don't think after that he didn't post up anymore. And then other than that, it was just not allowing him to catch and shoot and trying to make him make plays off the dribble. So it's just knowing who you're guarding and being the smart defender. And at the end of the day, we'll live with um, the circumstances. And, and that was to your point uh, last night during the uh, sideline break in terms of how, how do you teach coaching? We should ask Coach Hartman this, but how do you coach your guys in terms of how to play in the post when the refs are calling everything so handsy? And Justin just said, try not to let them catch. So in terms of that, I mean, you're three-quarter fronting. You're full fronting. Um, you're, you're trying to pull the chair on them if you're playing behind. But, again, it, and these guys know it. I'm not t- telling them something they don't know. But you have to have that gamesmanship in terms of how to make up for your disadvantages. Right. And I think that's one thing that we're seeing with Justin as well as Mike as, and definitely with David and all the guys on the team. They're getting comfortable in finding out how they can make up for their lack um, of size, of skill, or quickness based on who they're guarding. And it's really starting to show as guys are starting to recover for each other and just be more comfortable playing that one-on-one defense. Yes, sir, for sure. 
as you look at your place in UNLV, you, you know, you, you're just starting out here. Uh, you've got years of eligibility ahead of you. Uh, how excited are you to be a runner rebel? And I'm not saying this season's over by a long stretch. Five regular season games, who knows what's going to happen. Mount West Conference Tournament, postseason, whatever. But how excited are you for your tenure here at UNLV? Uh, I'm, I'm very excited. You know, this is our first year. You know, we're just we're just trying to put the pieces together. We're trying to figure out, you know, who we are as a team and going on, you know, going on in the future. So I'm very happy to be a part of this you know, organization, this team, this city, um, you know, trying to get all the fans back, you know, have that Thomas and Mac pack like it used to be and uh, really put the city back on the map. And, um, you know, me and all the guys who are coming back next year, we always talk about, you know, um, you know, years to come, you know, how good this team could be and how good we can put this, put this city back on the map. So I'm very excited, and I'm looking forward to the, for what the future holds. Well, we are very, very excited to watch that happen and for you to be a big part of it. We're, we're enjoying watching you get more comfortable, knock down those shots, get to the rim, play tough defense, do all the things the coaches have asked of you, and appreciate you coming by. Uh, thank you guys for having me. Justin Webster, our guest. Take a break. I want to remind you that Finley Chevrolet, located in the southwest at 215 in South Rainbow, Nevada's number one Chevrolet volume dealership. Frankly, they're customer-driven. Michael Nuga will join us next. Mike's going to be with us for two segments. Put your seatbelts on. Absolutely. Entertainment personified. Mike Nuga will be up with us next. You're listening to the Runner Rebel Coaches Show from Bailiwick inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Back at Bailiwick. Here at the Orleans Hotel and Casino, John Sandler, Curtis Terry, Steve Cofield with you, talking Runner Rebel basketball, Runner Rebels, and Colorado State Saturday at 5 o'clock. We'll be on the air at 4.30 with Runner Rebel warm-up uh, as the Rebels take on one of the top teams in the conference. They'll be loaded for bears. Uh, Rebels got them up in Fort Collins, and the Rebels will be ready, coming off a big win at Fresno State last night and looking to build momentum heading toward the Mount West Conference Tournament. We are now joined by a special Runner Rebel. Uh, Kevin Kruger, whenever you mention this guy's name, his face lights up. Uh, he talks about the, the player who has more fun and enjoys his time as a runner rebel uh, more than anybody. I told you, Mike, that uh, Kevin was excited to have you in the program at the beginning of the year. I don't think that has changed a little bit at all. Uh, Mike Nuga, welcome to the show. Appreciate you coming by, man. Thank you for having me. Thank you. It has been uh, quite the journey to get you here to Bailiwick. We won't, we won't talk about how you got here tonight, but we'll talk about how you got to Las Vegas and to the Runner Rebels. Uh, it, ha- it, has, uh, it has been a, kind of a bunch of to- uh, twists and turns. Yeah, no, it's been, it's been quite a journey. Uh, I feel old. I feel like I, I feel like <laughs> you I've sit been next a- to me. You're not old, trust me. <laughs> yeah. I feel like I've been around, but no, um, I'm, I'm definitely grateful for all the experiences I've, I've had through uh, the different schools and people I've met. And, you know, just being in Las Vegas here at UNLV, it's, it's, it's like a dream come true. So uh, I'm enjoying every moment. Well, I know you were, you, before the show we were talking, and you were saying, boy, I wish I was a sophomore. And, uh, you know, maybe, you know, find a way, you know, when, uh, like the Dominican baseball players change your name, <laughs> change the age, get you a few more years of eligibility. I don't know if we can make that happen. But I know how much you are enjoying this, your, your final season in, in college basketball. Uh, what has coming to UNLV meant to you? Um, it, it means it means so much because especially coming where I come from um, in Toronto, um, growing up with all my friends, we all had the same dream. Everybody wanted to play basketball, and you know I just happened to be fortunate to actually be able to continue uh, that journey. So just being here, it's been amazing, and you know I just thank God for the experience, and just ready to I'm just ready to continue going. You have so much fun out there on the court, and you know in practice, in warm ups, 
But <laughs> it was a home game recently uh, in the second half. Against Air Force. Yeah, it was against the Air Force. The Rebels had the game pretty well in hand. And they had some good music playing during one of the timeouts. And there was Mike. Was that the move? In the game. (laughs) It was during a timeout, but on the floor during the game, breaking it down. And it was pretty impressive. Did you actually think about doing that or just kind of happen? Honestly, I just live life to enjoy the moment. And, you know, uh, we were having a great game. And, you know, I felt the groove coming to me. And I don't know what the DJ was playing, but at the times my hips just started doing their own thing. So (laughs) that's what happened. Well, you entertained all of us, and it's great to see. I mean, talk a little bit about how much fun you're having with your team this year. Uh, it's amazing. Um, I love everybody on this team. They're such amazing guys. And, you know, we, we click on the court so well, I think, because of how well we click off the court. Um, just the way we hang out with each other, the way um, my, t- my roommates can come to me about their personal problems, where I can come to them about their personal problems. I think you can see that on the court. And, you know, it's, it's just been amazing to see how we bond as a, as a unit. I don't believe for a second that you have any problems at all. You seem to just go through life with a smile, and it's wonderful to see, and it's, it's contagious, uh, and it, it, I think your teammates really appreciate uh, your passion for the game because we've seen that, uh, but also your spirit and, and what you bring, bring to this team. Uh, one of the things that you bring to this team is the ability to knock down shots, and we've seen you get more comfortable. Last night you hit a big one. Bryce mm-hmm. gets the ball to Nug on the right wing. He'll shoot a three from there, and he'll knock it down. Mike Nuga, a big three there. Rebels back out in front, 31-29. That was uh, late in the first half, part of giving the Rebels the halftime lead and helping them to the 60-57 to victory over Fresno State. Did you have a period of adjustment? I know you're coming off a major injury to your knee. took a while for, I think, you to get comfortable. But talk about the adjustment, if you would, in, into, into this season and getting comfortable shooting the basketball again. Yeah, um, I think that, you know, just starting the season off, I started off a little bit slow, but... You know, just having confidence in myself and knowing that I'm a player that can get things done. Um, I feel like, you know, just that confidence is what helps me keep going. And every game I just bring in that same mentality and it helps me get going. Thank you. That's wow, a first. That's a first. Yeah, that's, yeah. A that's a record. So Mike was so entertaining. I think exactly. I think we, we just got a tip. Thank you very much, man. <laughs> that's uh, nice. So, Mike, I wanted, I wanted to talk about one of the big things you did last night that maybe people don't notice is you went in amongst the trees, and it's funny. Like I was, I'll be watching on the other end of the floor, and ball goes up, and then all of a sudden you catch it. You can't see you amongst the bigs, and all of a sudden you come flying out. So, how important is you know a smaller guy defensive rebounding to the team? I think what helps me um, the most is just the fact that I want to make um, Royce's job easier. He does such a great job for us rebounding, and um, it's not always easy for him. So if me being a smaller guard, I can run in there and make his job easier. You know, he may not get the rebound, but as long as we can get the rebound, it makes him look better as well. So that's kind of what just helps me out. Yeah, I also think it it presents a challenge, too, for the defense, because once you grab the rebound, then you're going like 1,000 miles an hour the other way. And I think there's a lot of times that the defense isn't set. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, I, well, that, that's credit to my track and field days. So uh, <laughs> I just, uh, when I get that ball, I take off and go. And Coach Kruger always tells me, if you get it, start pushing. So I just do what he says, and, you know, that's the motor that I got. All right, we're going to take one more break. Stick around, stay with us for one more segment. Fans, remember, there's so many ways to be satisfied here at the Orleans Hotel and Casino. Savor the latest, greatest variety of flavors right here at Bailiwick All-American Pub. And eatery, food, and fun, it's what they do. Final segment coming up here on the Runner Rebel Coaches Show from Bailiwick on the UNLV Sports Network from Learfield. Back here at Chippendales, I mean back here at Bailiwick inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino. 
Running Rebel Coaches Show. John Sandler, Curtis Terry, Steve Cofield, and Michael Nuga visiting with us. And Mike, uh, before we reach the end of the show, we have to say some nice things about uh, your compadre, Vicky Wako. Just an absolutely brilliant performance last night. Here was one of the biggest plays of the game. Bryce reverses to McCabe. McCabe fakes the three. Gets it inside to Iwako. Baseline jumper, no good. Rebound tip. Iwako grabs it, put up with the left hand, and he got foul. Vic just, he, he was tremendous last night. He's not 100% healthy. We all know that because of the shoulder. Explain to the folks what's, what's going to happen with Vic Iwako over the next few years. Um, I think Vic has the... the the potential to be a very, very incredible UNLV basketball player. Um, his motor is incredible, and he just he wants to win. And you can see it like with the anger and the passion that he plays with, um, even in the timeouts and in practice. So I feel that um, Victor's going to be very special for UNLV. He's, he's a guy who has a lot of fun out there, too. Yeah, yeah, 100%. He'd be having fun out there. It's fun <laughs> to watch him just play. Uh, Curtis, uh, pretty impressive. Really kind of the, the, the final key to the win last night. Oh, Vic? Yeah. yeah, for sure. And we've been talking about it. I mean, once these guys get healthy, because they haven't really had a full, healthy roster all year, once you get them, I mean, with the energy, and you guys think Mike has energy, and then you add Vic into the mix, I mean, that's a whole lot of energy. And then Bryce is scoring, and Royce's defense, and Justin making shots, Jordan dropping dimes. I mean, there's a lot that goes into it. Um, I think it's a very fun team to watch. I'm just selfishly just wish that we would have got to see them healthy for more games throughout the course of the season. But... Like I tell my kids, you get what you get and you don't throw a fit, but we got five games left and we can make some noise in March. Let's talk about those five games in the, in the Mount West Conference Tournament. You as a group, what have you talked about in terms of your goals heading toward the end of the season? I think we're very confident in ourselves that we're going to be making March Madness, and I feel that that's the preparation that we prepare ourselves with, the extra work that the guys put in, the way we approach every practice, scout, them. It's to get to that, that, moment, uh, that point, and we know it's been a while since you know we uh, got there, and you know, we hear the noise saying that it's a first-year team, but we don't care about that. We're ready to make some noise, and that's the way we approach every day. Mike, did you know about Bryce Hamilton before you got here? Oh, yeah. I do my research on everybody, and I yeah. knew he was a special player. And the things he's doing right now is just its amazing to watch. And um, I said it in an interview a while ago. I'm playing with an NBA player, and it's just amazing to just, you know, help him out to reach his goals. What were you thinking as you're watching, you know, you're playing in the Colorado State game, and he's just hitting everything from everywhere? My hands were on my head while I was on the bench because I couldn't believe what I was seeing. It was just amazing to – it was like watching TV. It was, like, amazing. So um, I'm, I feel like he could do that again, and I feel like he has the capabilities to, you know, that's Bryce. So you got CSU coming up on Saturday. Yep. After Bryce goes for 42, they're going to throw everything at him. Do you guys feel a certain amount of responsibility? Like, we got to help out because you know that the defenses coming up against Bryce are going to be insane from the opposition. Of course, um, we all feel like, you know, of course the scout's going to be stop Bryce, and, and that's where we come in. That's our job is to be his support and to help him make things easier um, so we can get the win. And if we can just take a little bit of pressure off of him by us doing our jobs, making our open shots, helping him get open, um, you know, it'll, it'll, it'll result in a win. Last question, Mike. You've played a lot of different places. How is this coaching staff stacked up? How have they helped you? Um, I think what separates this coaching staff from the ones I've been on before is the feeling of family. Um, we call Coach Hartman Uncle Hartman. And, uh, you know, so it's, uh, it's just amazing to see how even just how the coaches interact with each other. It's just such a family-based, like, environment. And it's just, I mean, like, I smile every day, you know. So it's, it's just amazing to be here. The next family uh, reunion will be Saturday. Five o'clock. Everybody's invited. Everybody's invited. Everybody. Four thirty. Runner Rebel warm up. Five o'clock for the game against Colorado State. Great promotions, and most importantly, 
honoring the great Rob Smith uh, at that game. So please make your plans to come out. want to thank everybody. want to thank Justin. want to thank Mike. Ari back in our Learfield studios. Triv for engineering. Uncle Hartman for being here. <laughs> and now for Steve <laughs> and for Curtis. This is John saying thanks to all of you. Thanks for listening. We'll talk to you on Saturday at the Thomas and Mac. Have a great evening, everybody. Live from Bailiwick, inside the Orleans Hotel and Casino, you've been listening to the Runnin' Rebels Coaches Show, presented by Fenley Toyota. Also brought to you by Boyd Gaming, Be Connected, proud sponsor of UNLV Athletics, and by Fenley Chevrolet. Frankly, we're customer-driven. The preceding has been a Learfield presentation of the Rebels Sports Network.